everyone, welcome back to another episode of Almost Better Than Silence. I'm your host, Doug Coleman, and I'm here today with the other co-host, Brennan McCullough. Tell our listeners about Cranch, Bren. <laughs> Just throwing me in with that up. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> For anyone who doesn't know, Cranch is a combination of ranch and ketchup. It's a condiment made by the Hearst Company, who decided, let's play God and ruin a bunch of condiments by mashing them together. Yeah, I can't believe they went... Uh, they stepped that far. It seems pretty risky. I personally, every time I've heard of Cranch, I thought to myself, what would I even put this on? Is it tasty? Not really. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I it's meant. It's two great tastes that don't taste good together. Yeah. So it's. I figured I, I've used ranch with stuff. I've used ketchup with stuff. Fuck it. Let's just roll the dice. And I mostly use it for just like take out like burgers and fries and that sort of stuff. Um, yeah. And... Yeah, no. It just kind of dilutes both. So, like, it's not awful. I'm not throwing it out immediately, but it's just like, it ain't great. I'm not going to yeah, buy it ever again. Who is this for? Yeah it's, yeah. it's mayonnaise that, like, you want, like, a little bit of that ranch kick to it. Like, that, that ranch aftertaste. And, like, that's it. It's, But that's also my thing with mayonnaise. I don't despise it, but it has no flavor to me, personally. So, I'm like, it's just food lube. It's just stuff oh, to make God. your wet food wetter and grosser well, is and sloppier. It pink? It's got a little pink hue to it, so that's like that's unsettling. Like yeah, just looking at it, it's not great. Food lube on the uh, this episode well, is off to a horrible start. <laughs> <laughs> well it's not even like it's not even like real pink. It's like a peach. It's like an orangey pink, so it's kinda like flesh almost fleshy color. And it's like Oof. this isn't great to look at, and it comes out like stiff out of the bottle, so like oh, it retains God. the squeeze like tube shape. So, yes. like, when it all piles together. So like, it's like toothpaste. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So there's nothing appealing about this in any way. <laughs> but I tried Fantastic. it. Because, yeah, I tried some new stuff every now and then. And yeah. I tried the other ones they had, which is honey racha, which is honey and sriracha sauce. That's great. That's fantastic. I use that on a lot of stuff. Yeah, that does sound delicious, actually. So... Um, Speaking of trying new things, hopefully uh, you're a new listener and got recommended <laughs> here by a friend. Wow. No, Why did you start with this episode? What? That's the thing. Uh, this is a video game podcast, believe it or not, even though we're talking about condiments <laughs> right cringe. off the bat. Yeah, I just had to see what Bren was uh, <laughs> doing in his off time, and apparently I, I, it's eating some cranch. It's eating cranch. I'm a cranch eater. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, but no, as far as the video games we've been playing, let's uh, discuss that. Have you been playing much? I've got nothing. <laughs> I've been playing, like I said before in the last few episodes, I've been playing some video games. I've been playing a lot of tabletop, so mostly D&D, &D, um, because I said before, I'm doing the Rhyme of the Frost Maiden module with some friends, and I talk about it a little bit more because we've been doing it twice a week now. We're doing it on like Wednesdays and Saturdays. Hell and, yeah. Like, I've never had a campaign go this long, which is like, you know, 20 sessions. It's not that long, uh, but I've also never like done it this frequently, so like, and then on Thursday nights, I'm watching Critical Role, and on Saturday nights, I'm watching D&D &D, like, of another channel, and on Monday night, I'm watching another D&D &D show, so I'm just like, I got a lot of D&D &D in my head right now, and it, I love it. It's That's great. awesome, dude. Hell yeah. Um, but I wanted to bring it up, because in the last session we played last night, uh, my character got to roadhouse somebody's ass by ripping out their throat, so Damn. I love it. <laughs> Anyone who doesn't know the Patrick Swayze 80s movie Roadhouse, it's awful, but like in that bad 80s way like it's the perfect like just bad action 80s movie yeah where, where like at, at one of the climactic battle sequences he's a bar body like bark or he's a bodyguard at a bar like the security 
and he ends up fighting against like the local mob that runs the small town in the middle of nowhere. And the fight scene between him and the other security bouncer bodyguard from like the bad side of town is them shirtless at a lake, like wrestling each other and like kicking each other. Clearly not stunt doubles because the kicks and like punches are awful. It's not an entertaining fight to watch. And it ends with him, Patrick Swayze, breaking out of the guy's hold and then ripping out his throat and then lightly kicking his ass or like literally tapping his ass into the lake and his body just floats away dead. And it's just like, hell yeah. And the best part is at the very end of the movie, he gets like the big bad guy who like runs the town, like the you know mil- small town millionaire or whatever who runs the whole town. He gets him trapped under a taxidermy polar bear and goes to rip out his throat and then stops himself. He holds back his hand with his other hand so he doesn't rip out his throat. Because it's this compulsion his character does for some reason. Wow. It's awful, but so good. It's that like, is very good. It's just absolute trash 80s action movie. <laughs> but it's just such a weird thing of like, yeah, Patrick Swayze's character is this cool guy who just rips out throats like compulsively. It's like, wow. Why? <laughs> Love it. No, well, thank you for that little bit of that, media trivia, that's literally Bren. The only reason I brought up D and D so I could say I ripped someone's throat out like Dalton from Roadhouse. Jesus Christ! It's, and nobody knew that reference no, until you explained it. No, but I appreciated it. It's me and like three of my friends from high school would appreciate that, and none of them listened to this podcast. Oh God, that's fair. Who who does? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so a lot D and D really enjoying that. Uh, besides that, playing uh, like I said playing a lot of D&D and watching a lot of D&D, so I'm not, I've been pretty busy. Uh, so not too many games, but I've been playing more uh, Binding of Isaac. Got further and then doing all the other modes that were way too hard for me back when I was originally playing, and now I'm actually getting the hang of them and knowing what the secrets are and beating through them. So I'm playing with each character and trying to do those. Um, basically just killing time until the DLC comes out. Like, I'm not, I don't want to 100% this. This is an insane game to do that with, so. Uh, and it's it's my addiction, so it just, I go back to it whenever I got free time. Um, the problem is, it's a perfect game to do while you know, of uh, movies playing on the other screen, or a TV show, or a podcast, or a stream, or something else is happening. It's yeah. just like I don't have to think. It's like so ingrained in my brain. I don't have to really pay attention to the game itself. It's all like muscle memory at this point, so I can have something else going. And it's just it's perfect for that. Uh, I even turned on the sound effects and music for Binding of Isaac when I restarted playing it again for the first. It's probably the first time I've heard those sound effects and music in years because I just muted instantly to have something else going in the background. Yeah, but, the sound effects of music. It sounds like a, a spinoff of the sound of the sound of music. <laughs> it's. I realize I'm like because oh, I've been playing so many other games. Where I'm like, oh, like uh, Valhalla, Sh- Shovel Knight, and like all these other games where it's like, yo, this music is fucking great. This is a great soundtrack. I was like, oh, let me check out Binding of Isaac. I forget what the soundtrack is. I'm like, this kind of sucks. It, oh, not damn. that it sucks, but it's just, it's very atmospheric. And in Binding of Isaac, you're in a basement and caves and like a living womb and like all just, just unpleasant things. So sure. it's just like, it's not, it's just moody and drippy and gross. So I'm just like, I'd rather listen to anything else. Yeah. But so I'm going through there and doing all those, um, and playing with characters I haven't gotten it with because I think there's like 12 characters or something. And I'm still finding new stuff. Turns out there's local co-op in Binding of Isaac Rebirth. Didn't Damn, know local. that. Yeah. That's cool. I unlocked like another char- like another uh, item, like a little buddy that can follow you around a familiar. And it's like, oh, yeah, you can use this one in local co-op. I was like, what? when did that happen? And it apparently came out like with Rebirth. So I just, nice. there's still stuff dis- being discovered in this game after, you know, 500 plus hours. 
That's amazing. Yeah. And then uh, besides that, I've been playing, uh, play a little bit more Control. Got further in there. Um, it's it's very cinematic, I guess. Where like when you enter a new area, big text will appear. Like you're in that NSC power plant, and it's big white text, and it feels like it feels like a '70s action movie, like almost like a Black Dynamite sort of like those. Yeah, where it really it's really stylized and leans into that, and it does that with. Uh, the chapters, I believe. So, that was it. I, honestly, I'm losing track of, like, everything. Everything's black. Yeah, how many hours do you have in this game? Control, not many. I just meant in life. Like, it, I don't <laughs> understand time anymore. Yeah, like, no, it's fine. I couldn't tell you if I'm talking about this game or Streets of Rage. Or Streets, Streets of Rage? Yeah, Streets of Rage. Or whatever the game I played before that was. I'm losing my brain no, you're is all mush. good 2020 <laughs> fucked us all up it's, we're, we're still recovering <laughs> it's like i said i played D on wednesday and every wednesday of 2021 so far something fucking insane has happened and it's just like ugh, i'm a, it's a escapism D is my escapism now yeah um but yeah so i'm not sure i feel feel like i might be pretty far into control like a little over halfway okay but i'm not 100 percent sure um gauging by the powers i get um, I have all the powers unlocked, but then there's skills like for the like the you know levels of that power. Yeah. Um, so nowhere near getting all of those unlocked. But I've unlocked, as far as I know, all of the powers I will get. So I think I'm beyond halfway. And then, that makes sense. Um, I talked about before in the story, you're Jesse. You're trying to find your brother Dylan. I met him in the facility. Surprise, surprise! He's being possessed by the big evil force that's invading the facility. Who could have guessed that? Go back two episodes. I. It tell you exactly what happens, and it turns out yep. that's what happened. <laughs> nice. Um, you find out like a uh, research or not research. You find out like records that say like ah P six would be a perfect candidate for the prime director uh, from the director. Turns out P six uh, P six stands for prime candidate number six, who is your brother. Turns out you're P seven, and it's like ah, who could have thought? I called it like two episodes ago. You can go back and listen. And um, it is good because it does like lead you on enough it does drop those hints enough where it's like ah you could probably piece together what this means even with all the stuff redacted in the records and the reports right yeah but then there's also so much that it could be complete red herrings or just absolutely useless information it's like i don't know if this will ever come back into play i found this plastic christmas tree that has voices coming out of it and uh soldiers found it up in like northern canada and when they brought it back to their base everyone went insane and they had to quarantine the plastic christmas tree I found that in the Panopticon, which is where they, pretty much the jail inside the Bureau, where they can keep all of these objects of powers locked up. Uh, and I found that. I was like, oh, cool. I know what that is. I read the report. I don't know if that'll ever come into play, if that'll escape, if I have to fight it, or if that was just a fun little, like, you know, preview of like, ah, here's an object, and maybe you'll find it later. Um, because there is just so much content in this game. There's so many little things. One I found was an old refrigerator that you have to watch at all times. And it feels very SCP-like, especially with this one. You have to watch it at all times or else it'll hurt you. Okay. And you come across because one guy was there and he's watching it. And he's like, is someone there? I can't take my eyes off, my eyes off the fridge. And I'm like, oh, yeah, can I help you? He's like, yeah, I've been here for a day staring at this fridge nonstop for a day. You need to get me out. I'm going to die. 
And so Damn. sure enough, you like run around, you talk to the director of the security of the Panopticon, and he's like, Oh fuck like I forgot about him. You know, shit went down, I forgot about you know the regular day to day stuff. I said, Here, let me go help you know, you get Philip out. So you run up, you open the door into the one room, you go in, and then by the time you go into the cell with the fridge, that dude's already dead. I was gonna say. Yeah. You no know, one there's like a handful of like characters you meet in control, and it's like they might live. Those are clearly the like B cast characters. All these random office workers that have names, no, you're super dead. Like Well that's that my question, is it more or less like prey where if you had done something differently you could have no. saved that character? Okay. No. Because um what it is is uh there's a big glass like wall so you can see through into the cell. Yeah. And then you see the guy sitting there in a chair in front of it. And then a door next to you opens up into an office that connects both the hallway you're in and the room he's in. So it's like a little in between room. Yeah. When you go into that room, the door into the actual cell is still locked. And then the, like, dialogue's happening where he's like, uh, Jesse, are you coming in? I think something's... And then his dialogue gets cut off and the door opens. He's already dead. So... Okay. That was clearly meant to happen. But it's just, yeah. like, you meet... There's so many, like, office workers um, that are just in this bureau. It's so massive because it's such a massive organization. And just, like, maybe five of them are, like, characters that actually have cutscenes or dialogue and... Uh, are clearly like a minor or supporting ca- character and then just everyone else is cannon fodder ready to die so um with the hiss it's this weird like noise that's like controlling people and mutating them and turning into these monsters sort of things um you'll go into rooms and you'll just hear voices muttering and you don't really you don't see anyone and you just hear these voices and they'll get louder times and then quieter times and it's really unnerving because like that's all you hear it's quiet otherwise and uh when you look up Sure enough, you'll see a bunch of the office workers' bodies floating in the air, like, suspended. And the noise is coming from them when they get possessed. Yikes. They just repeat these, like, sentences and, like, words over and over and over again. And you can kill them. You can shoot the bodies and they'll disperse. They'll, like, they'll just fade away. And that counts. Like, a little achievement keeps popping up every time I do that, saying, like, you know, 450 out of 1,000. And it's, they count as hits. They count as the enemy because they're already possessed. And you can't bring it back once they're possessed. Like it's it's uh, not possible. So you can go into all these rooms and like for me at least, I'm like that all the talking gets annoying as hell. So I go through and clear out the people that are floating in the, in the rafters. And yeah. The annoying part is they come back. If you leave the room and come back, they'll respawn. It's just like ah, oh, uh, god damn it. Yeah. Uh, but it is crazy because it's like just so many people. And um, I talked about those missions that pop up, like those timed missions. Uh, that you have to run around the whole bureau to do. Turns out those are just like resource gathering. Once you do them, you get a lot of the resources you use to build upgrades and stuff. And yeah. that's that's just an easy way of like, if you clear out a room and the enemies never respawn, you might have trouble grinding you know resources to get the upgrades you need. So here's a way they'll continue to respawn, but not like the entire wing of the building will respawn. It's just okay. select areas. So it's actually yeah. very convenient like that. I see. Yeah. Um, and... Uh, they do give you 20 minutes, which is a decent amount of time, especially when you can fast travel all over the building. And I was wondering, I'm like, what happens if I don't succeed? What if I fail? Turns out I failed a lot of them. I, I've gotten much worse at those. Uh, <laughs> but when you fail, you just don't get that resource. And then it'll just happen again. So, like, I failed one, like, four times, and it just would keep happening every so, so many hours. So you have, you know, multiple chances to do it. Yeah, no real consequence. Basically, one of them is protect personnel where you have to protect the people that are still alive and not possessed they'll they'll be fighting to hiss the enemies in an area and you have to try and save the npcs 
Oh, that's cool. Um, the downside is the NPCs are idiots and well, do they always are. no damage to help oh, you fight. That sucks. So they're they're geared up in like SWAT gear. They don't do anything. <laughs> so one is it happened in a mailroom for me. I was like, all right, I know what this is. I've done this before. I go to the mailroom. As soon as I walk in, I see all the NPCs running, like grouped together, running in one direction. I was like, all right, that's probably where the enemy is spawning. They're going to try and kill it. The enemy that spawned were three, like, suicide bombers. They're enemies that run up to you and explode, basically. Okay. And all the NPCs went running in instantly. And the second I walked through the door and that mission started, they all died. I was like, God damn it. Well, I couldn't have stopped that. (laughs) Nope. So there are times like that where it's just like, it's, there's there's no winning here. So it's rough. But I mean, like I said, there's no consequences for you failing it, uh, thankfully. So it's just like, well, I guess I don't get those resources now, and I'll just you know, continue on. I guess I'll just have to have their deaths on my conscience for the rest of this game playthrough. No, there's so <laughs> many people that just die random like that. It's impossible. Let's yeah. let's just arbitrarily say there's ten thousand people working in this government facility. I maybe have talked to or saved fifteen of them. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's done, man. It's all right. because it already happened by the time Jesse shows up. Like it, yeah. everyone's already infected. So I'm like, there's. Whenever they're like, you gotta save this person. It's like, yo, man, you know he's like 99.5% dead already, right? Like, you saying his name out loud has cursed him to already be dead. <laughs> like, ah, oh, Jesus. So they do that as well. They're like, ah, uh, Salvador is the head of security. And one guy's like his apprentice. So he talks about him all the time. It's like, well, I found him. Guess what? He's possessed and dead. Like, so <laughs> I had to fight him. Um, but yeah, I'm still really enjoying it. Um, the telekinesis is still in my opinion, wildly overpowered. Why would I ever not use it when I have, like, a gun, which I miss most of the time because I'm bad at it. But even when yeah. I do hit, the accuracy feels off. It doesn't feel at, it doesn't feel like it's in the crosshairs entirely. Or, like, uh, with certain enemies, like, uh, the Suicide Bomber characters, they'll be, like, bent over backwards and, like, their spines are, like, clearly cracked and stuff. But their shirt, they're in, like, jumpsuits, but, like, the shirt half of it will be floating away. So I'll be shooting at them, what I think is their body, but it's like the shirt floating off of them. And like that doesn't count as damaging. You have to hit the body itself. So right. like, it's tough to be accurate in this game. Especially with, there's different gun modes. There's the pistol, a shotgun. There's like the sniper rifle sort of weapon and uh, like a submachine gun, which is, in my opinion, utterly useless. Um, but yeah, it's tough to be accurate. And then with telekinesis, you can just pick up whatever. Even if there's no items around, she'll rip out tiling and like the cement around the building itself. You'll always have something. And uh, when you do, you get a little crosshair appears on the enemy that you're looking at. So you don't have to aim it up. It'll just appear like, here's which one you're locked on. And when you're locked on, you can just throw it and it'll automatically hit them. Most of the time. Okay. There are times where like some enemies will dodge it or like it'll be a funky physics thing where it'll miss. But right. It'll hit them. And it does so much damage. It one-shots most of the enemies. And if Hell it doesn't yeah. one shot, it does a lot of damage. So I'm like, why am I ever not using telekinesis? Like, it's the best ability by far. So I've definitely leaned away from shooting enemies, and I'm just like, you know, full magneto lifting up the entire room of office supplies and just title waving it at enemies and just wiping them all out. Because it's yeah. so it's, much easier. 
the age-old like problem with like games that offer magic. People are like, well, I'm yeah. clearly going to go do the wizard character. And it's like, I don't know, I'm the actual opposite of that, where I'm like, I actually want a sword in my hand and want to just go like melee combat versus like the ranged stuff that usually magic offers. Yeah. So I think this game is more or less giving, uh, well, yeah, it's clearly overpowered, but the people that want to be like, I want to shoot something, well, you can. <laughs> you, you can if you want to. That's certainly an option. And there's different yeah. challenges. I found like a jukebox that would give you like, timed specialized challenges where it's like go to these four areas do these four different things and you have either and all the enemies have a buff to them so one of them is uh the enemies have 100 percent more health or my gun does 50 percent damage and all this other stuff so there's plenty of challenges to keep you going and to like test you know different abilities or what you can and can't do and uh yeah if you're good with a gun like yeah you could probably breeze through this game because there's like uh, if you do headshot, it does 30% more damage upgrades. Or if you do a headshot, it heals you some. So they... Nice. They definitely rely on the guns. They're good. But for me personally, telekinesis, I think, is one of the best superpowers of all time. Oh, and sure. This, this game does it so well, and it's so strong. I upgraded that uh, to max damage right away, like the launch damage for throwing stuff. So oh, yeah. I upgraded that fully already, and I'm just w- clearing out people so fast, and it's so much easier. Um and it's just very satisfying to do. It, it's just... I, I, I'm i praising this game a lot. It's very well-deserved. They do a lot of stuff very right. You know, uh, it does get buggy at times. It gets a little wonky. So the aiming accuracy is eh, But, like, it's... This game does so much stuff that I haven't seen in many other games. And the stuff it does is very well done. Um, it's forcing me to use the shield. You know, there's a shield ability where you pick up debris and create a shield for yourself. I normally wouldn't really care. I'd just run in, throw, you know, stuff at enemy, try and kill them as fast as I can. There's some enemies where, like, they got a rocket launcher, and there's four of them that have rocket launchers, and, like, yeah, you'll need the shield. Like, you kind of, you can't just run and gun in this. You kind of have to use your head in every battle, because I've, I've died a fair amount, so it's it's not, like, super easy. So, yeah. it is challenging you, making you use tactics and strategy, so, uh, but yeah, it's real fun. It's just hard with the story, because so much has happened before the main character showed up, it's just like, yeah, you're already, you're like, we're already, like, halfway through the apocalypse in the story. You're not saving anyone, kinda. It's kind of like, you have to figure out what happened, what caused the apocalypse, and now you just gotta stop it and, you know, help whatever minimal survivors are left to, to reclaim their lives, because it's not gonna be many. Yeah, that makes sense. But uh, from the sto- from what I can tell with the story, it's very much like, yeah, you and your brother are kids in this island, you- or an island, in the city, and you find this magical uh, projector and- that creates a wormhole that just unleashed a whole bunch of shit. And when the, go- when the facility showed up, they took your brother, but you escaped, and now you're trying to, like, rescue him. But it's just t- talking to the brother who's already possessed. He's definitely throwing out stuff like, huh, my name's Dylan, your name's Jesse. Sure notice how those are like gender neutral names, like a boy or a girl could be named that. And he's like, it's weird. I had this dream where I was this girl named uh, Jesse Dylan Farron, and I was walking around doing all this stuff. And like the way he talks about stuff, it's clearly meant to be like kind of incoherent and like deranged. But it's kind of implying like, were we this? Were we one person? And the projector split us? Is that? Oh what? damn! And that's fully possible in this game. Like I said, there's so much weird, like paranormal parallel dimensions sci-fi just nonsense like trippy yeah, shit yeah fully possible so like i'm seeing where they're trying to lead me with the story and i definitely got theories 
but I like I fully feel like this game's gonna pull the rug out from under me, wrap me up in the rug, and then throw me in a river and let me drown in just like nonsense. Like I can't, I can't even begin to uh, uh, pretend to know what's gonna happen because the story's right. nonsense. It's it, it not not nonsense and insane, but like it's just wild and like it feels. It, <laughs> They could be just using made-up words, but, like, it feels like an actual science, and it's just very well done with all the notes and research and all this stuff. And it's, like, it's yeah. very fascinating and fun. Convincing world. Exactly. Sure. It's a very good world-building, even if it's just this build, like, this one building. I, I haven't explored the world. I've explored just this singular building, but it's it's nuts. And the puzzles are real fun and just wild, and, yeah, it's it's a good time. It's a great game. Hell yeah, dude. Well, I'm finally going to get my hands on it for free uh, this coming month. And in fact, yeah, by the time listeners are listening to this episode, I think you might be able to do this yourself. Uh, PlayStation uh, Plus members uh, for the month of February are getting three games. Well, depending on if you have a PS4 or or PS5, but uh, they're doing a great job again. I feel like last month was incredible. They're following up with another really good lineup of games here. So let's hope that Sony can keep the track record up. But uh, we start off uh, on PS5. We got Destruction All Stars. Which <laughs> have you heard of this game at all? No, I'm gonna like that one up real okay, quick. Okay, yeah, no. I was looking at it while we were talking a little bit earlier, and personally, not interested whatsoever. It just looks like <laughs> it literally looks like crash the car, and we're gonna gamify oh, it, and like you, people yeah. are flying out of windshields and shit. It's like very colorful, like an Apex Le- Legends Rocket League style, almost yeah, yeah, like yeah. very neon. But then, yeah, the actual gameplay of it is like drive your car around and crash. And I'm like, I'll pass. It, yeah, that's interesting. I think Apex Legends meets Rocket League is a perfect way to summarize it. Because, yeah, it's clearly the main gameplay is driving around in the car. It's like, well, then why does it matter what my driver looks like? Or Right, you, know? you don't see him. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, when they come flying through the windshield, apparently. I guess right? so. But, yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, it's like F-Zero X. It's like, oh, you get to play as this character. It's like, cool. Do I ever see them in any other context? No. It's like. Uh, it doesn't matter. I'm just picking the ship and the yeah, car. Maybe there's something more to this game, and I'm just like a really like insta not interested. But immediately, yeah, this just seems like it's not a game for me. But hey, if we're getting it for free, I'll add it to my library for sure. But you play Rocket League enough, so that's what I mean. Maybe I'll give it a chance, like I do with some of the free games they give us. But the other one that caught my eye for PS5 and PS4 players, uh, you get Control Ultimate Edition. And I'm thinking to myself, man, that's going to run real smooth on PS5. Oh, yeah. And I wonder what the Ultimate Edition entails. Just maybe just DLC or some additional levels? Uh, I I mean, I got the Ultimate Edition because that's just what's bundled. Um, at a certain point when games come out, there's like the game. And then when the Collector's Edition comes out, that's just what all of the subsequent games are, or like copies of that game are now. It's just always the Ultimate Edition. So right. they well, can charge now- you full price for it. I do see it says here, Ultimate Edition includes the base game as well as the Foundation and AWE expansions. So apparently okay. that's what you get. Okay. So there are expansions. Ooh, I look forward to those then. Yeah, definitely. So that's, I can't wait to explore the old house myself, especially after you've been hyping it up this much and I don't have to pay for it. <laughs> that that blows my mind because it, it, like, I bought it on sale. I would have gladly paid full price for this. Like, this is... That- entirely worth it and it's i was just, ready to brent and especially after you were talking about it this much i almost bit the bullet and was like you know what let's just do it and i'm yeah. so glad i waited like a week <laughs> or two. Oh my god sure i would have been so upset yeah but oh, i mean man. it like i said with the world building like i don't know how the story ends i don't know if like it ends with jesse destroying the bureau and all of the objects of power along with her or whatever but like 
if it's possible to make a sequel off this, they easily could. Like this is oh yeah. So like if I'll keep my eye out for any sequels because yeah, that's it. I, I could definitely see it not being everyone's cup of tea. It's definitely a very specific style of game uh, with the conspiracies and like you know paranormal activity stuff. Um, but like, and the puzzles can be pretty challenging at times, like because it gets really cerebral with some of the puzzles. Like you, oh really yeah, think. Um, but like, if it's anything, if if it's anywhere close to up your alley. I think you'll really enjoy it. Like for that's anyone. what I mean. I feel like it's like for fans of Stranger Things, even if that's like uh, oversimplifying it, it a bit. But it is too, because like I said, there's like the weird clog where it's just this weird like amorphous block. So like there are creatures, kind of. Yes. Right. So, yeah, and there are the board, which is just this entity like between all the parallel universes that control stuff, and it's like it's nuts. So like yeah. If you if you want Stranger Things, but you want a good game of it, because I think there is a game of it. So. <laughs> oh gosh, yeah, I've never really played the game. Yeah. yeah, so like, yeah, if you if you like X Files, that's exactly what came to mind too. I was even hearing the theme song in my head. I was like, God damn it, yeah, yeah. no, that's a perfect uh, analogy. But yeah, PS Plus members get that for free this month. I'm super excited to dive into that. But that was two of the three games, and the last one is a game called concrete genie have you heard of this no okay neither have i but no bren as as much as the title sounds really lame it almost looks like an incredible game that is like almost a dreamworksy pixar style and all the the ratings and reviews are like nine out of ten ten out of ten and it's like a spellbinding experiment and player uh creativity is a mm. review from IGN. I just watched a brief trailer of it, and I'm like, man, I just want to play this game, and I get to for free. I'm super excited. So yeah, one that was completely off my radar, uh, but looks fantastic. It's very just, like I said, DreamWorksy Pixar like characters, and uh, I I don't even really know what it's about, but I'm gonna play it for sure. Yeah, when you say concrete, my mind immediately went to like a Call of Duty, some sort of gritty shooter of like right. This no, this is more like uh. What do I want to say? How to Train Your Dragon looking? But, like, uh, there's, like, these weird, like, ghosts that, like, I, I, you're a it's concrete like, genie because, like, you're uh, on the streets? I have no idea. It's like a kid trying to bring color back to his gray, dreary concrete city, it ah, looks like. Ah, okay. Um, it, it, it's giving me feels of, like, where the wild things are. But yes. You, but the wild things are things you paint or, like, you know, you discover that this painted world exists that wants to put up on, you know buildings and stuff and yeah it looks i <laughs> my complaint is it looks very gray and dreary but with this game that's the point because they bring out color and all the paint and stuff all the other games that look gray and dreary that have come out in the last 15 years they don't have an excuse right because <laughs> it does remind me a lot of just like look at this gritty dreary like gloomy city it's like why did you make it like this like this sucks to look at but concrete genie is definitely like this is the intention you're you're making it colorful and beautiful and like yeah it looks interesting it looks like oh, a like film yeah, and it's also uh, capable for VR, so I bet that would be wild Ooh. to like be in this world uh, doing your uh, living paintings. You're painting these creatures called genies. Yeah, it, all in all, it looks very interesting, and I wonder how the story is. I hope the story lives up to yeah. uh, the way it looks, at least. If this feels like a game you would see in like like Game Awards or like an E3 press conference, and like now for our indie showcase, and they just montage all the indie games at once. It's like, wait, what was that one? And then you never hear of it again. Yeah, like, exactly. Oh. But um, it's interesting yeah. that PS or the PS Plus free games are like these games all sound pretty good. Yeah, I'm so and, hype about the month of February. Way to go, think, Sony! I think like two months ago it was like you can get FIFA 2020 and you can get Madden 2020 and you can get 
NASCAR 2020. It's like, wow, they're just all a sports game. Like, they were all the same game, basically. It's like, Yeah, huh. they've done stuff like that in the past. <laughs> There's been some real flop months, and that's yeah. why, so far, 2021 has been pretty damn good. Cool, uh, keep that trend alive, Sony. Um, as far as the games I've been playing, I really don't have too much to report. I, like Bren, haven't been playing too many games. I'm still going strong with the Harry Potter trading card game with my wife. And in fact, I got a few more cards and a couple more uh, deals on Facebook Marketplace. I saw this lady. She was selling <laughs> 400 plus cards wow. for $30. Wow. And I reached out to her and I said, uh, would you be willing to ship them? And I think she was in Ohio and she said, I am not. And I was like, fuck. So I was well, like, all right, have a nice day. Well, and Ohio's close to Pennsylvania. so like That it's... was the thing. I was like, am I going to have to drive for these? Long <laughs> story short, a few weeks go by and she lowers the price from 30 to 20 And I reach out to her again. I was like, hey, I'll pay the full price of $30 if you'd consider shipping them. And she's like, well, the real problem is I don't want to get any kind of like app, like a cash app. And I was like, uh, how about I send you a check in the mail? And she's like, that'll work. So that's literally, she's going to send me the cards by me doing that. And oh boy, Brent, like I'm excited to see what's inside these 400 like cards. I have a feeling there's, she said she didn't even go through them. So yeah, there's going to be hopefully some hollows and some stuff that I'm missing in my collection. But yeah, that many cards for that price. Absolutely absurd. Does does it seem like they're her cards or does it seem like it's her kids like cards her, yeah, her kids cards that yes yeah, she's getting okay. rid of and that's the thing i feel like whoever they were maybe they were big into the game back in the day and could yeah, have had a good like... collection that 400 it sounds like no joke so yeah i'm pretty excited about that one but no the real update is uh i know i've mentioned it in the past that there's a fan-made revival set of cards called the heir of slytherin and it's like a set of 75 new cards I put in an order on this website to, called makeplayingcards.com to make the proxies and actually have the physical cards. They arrived the other day and oh boy, they're so pretty. They feel so good in my hands and the artwork and everything. I'm finally like incorporating the, the new cards into like my existing decks and stuff. I haven't really played a game with my wife, uh, with the new cards, but we're really excited to finally do that. So yeah, having these proxies on hand is uh, like, it's like opening up a whole new world of possibilities <laughs> with this game. And I think it even opens up the, a Ability to have more than just like 1v1 I think because some of these cards it'll read like pick an opponent you do this to them or something and I'm like wouldn't it only be one opponent but no apparently I think you can have like three people in a battle at this point is it like magic where you get a multiple like mo- monsters or anything on the field and you pick which card you're using like do they mean opponent and which card that's on the field? No, or? they mean like actual opponent. So like there's Weird. a difference between – yeah, that's what I mean. I I think it's strange how Aerith Slytherin opens up this door of now there could be three of us at the table all trying to win this game. It, yeah. It'll be interesting. I, I might have I, to experiment with a friend. I mean there's certainly games, especially tabletop games and board games and card games that have multiple players fighting each other like that. But yeah, card games are typically one-on-one. But yeah, I could see – going like a three or four person battle all at once but like that's just gonna get real complicated oh yeah and yeah you gotta really keep track of your turns and everything that's going on because yeah that can get complex i like the 1v1 but it'd be worth giving it a try with more people that's a cool concept though if you can though yeah Yeah. right that's what i mean this whole new uh set of cards is very very exciting and yeah to have them physically is super duper cool um but no, since I don't have many games to talk about, while you were talking about that Patrick Swayze film earlier and how he was a Roadhouse. bouncer, I was thinking of like, what if I do like, it's not a real segment, but like Uh-oh. a callback to like an old video game that probably no one remembers, but maybe you will. Do you remember the game called The Bouncer? No. 
Not okay, it was okay. That's what I mean. You gotta Google this one right now. Do like a Wikipedia or something. It was from the year two thousand, so right before the Harry Potter trading card game. Uh, but no, it was Wait. a game for uh, PlayStation Two. Yeah, it's yeah. Something look, back. At, look at this guy's hair. All right, he look looks like Kingdom a member Hearts, of Alisana, or like he's like Goku meets Cloud. I have no idea, but it was one of the first SquareSoft games for PlayStation Two. And although it received considerable press yeah, coverage before its relief. It was met with poor sales and mixed reviews. So, yeah, it's but, not a real good game. <laughs> all right. First off, the main character's name is Scion. The, another character's name is Volt. Like, no. Yeah, <laughs> Already, the, I'm done. I'm done The with fictional your... city that they live in is called Edge. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get too close to that. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, no. It looks like... Jesus. Yeah. It's, so, like, yeah. I mean, this really is... I mean, it's 2000 Squaresoft. Yep, exactly. He, That's before he was even Square Enix. So like, yeah, I can't, I can't blame them. I can't expect anything else from them. But like, ooh, baby, that's that's bad. <laughs> Yeah, it's real bad. That's why I had to shout it out on this episode. It had a survival mode. It had multiplayer. If you happen oh. to have a multi tap and everything, so uh, up oh, to four players. Hold on, Doug. We got. I got a screenshot here. One asshole in a sleeveless ve- uh, leather vest with tribal tattoos up and down his arms. And then I guess the main character, Scion, with <laughs> so he's wearing a hoodie, a short sleeve hoodie, the zipper's down to his navel, uh, no shirt underneath, so he got a lot of bare chest, a smooth, hairless bare chest, uh, wearing a dog collar, and then from the dog collar is a chain going down into a skull and crossbones. And boy, howdy. Do I hate this game? <laughs> yeah, no, that's, I think, PD4, <laughs> the humanoid robot guy, and he sucks ass. I have oh. no idea. But yeah, this is a whole thing. Uh, the Bouncer. Check the out bounce. that classic. Yikes. Yeah. What a... What, oh, Maybe that'll tri- be a recurring bit. I'm not sure. This tribal <laughs> tattoo asshole has tribal tattoos on his eyebrow. Like, four eyebrows. <laughs> Get out of here, Chris Angel. No one wants you. God damn it. I love it. All right. So is there, let's move on to show topics. I'm not even sure if we have that many to even discuss this <sighs> week. Uh, is there anything going on in the news? Let's see. I've been talking a bit last few episodes about playing uh, Don't Starve and, you know, being a very late comer to that game. Yeah. Um, turns out the uh, studio that made it, Clay Entertainment, which, as far as I know, have not made a bad game yet. Like, I've played, I think, maybe six out of eight of their games or so. All of them fantastic. Like, I would recommend all the ones I personally played. Um, yeah. The, the Mark of the Ninja is still one of the best side-scrolling platformer stealth games I've ever played in my life. Like, it's still Hell yeah. fantastic in every regard. Um, but they made Don't Starve. And like I said, it's still updating itself, so Don't Starve together. still new stuff coming out for that. They're still very active. Turns out they got bought out. Or rather, a majority stake of their company has been bought out. Um, so, hey, good for this indie developer studio who's, you know, Getting that money and, you know, helping their, ideally, helping their employees, you know. Right, yeah, what does this mean for them, though? Yeah. Downside, at least in my opinion, is they were bought out by a company named Tencent, and spelled hmm. like T-E-N-C-E-N-T. Okay. Um, if anyone's heard of that name before, that's because they are the full uh, owners of Riot Games, who made League of Legends and, Ver- and Valorant. Okay. Um, they're also looking at the Wikipedia page. They have full ownership of the Norwegian publisher Funcom, full ownership of the Hong Kong-based company uh, Leilu, uh, full ownership of the Swedish game company uh, Shark Mob, founded by ex-Ubisoft uh, 
employees. Then they got 80% of this company, or 80% ownership of the company that makes Path of Exile. Uh, 84% of the company that made Clash of Clans and Clash Royale, those mobile games that are everywhere. Dude, Path of Exile is so good. That was like that Diablo-esque style game. Oh, I mean, it's still massive. It got a resurgence. So, like, if you're tempted, you can go back in. It's still a ton of people. Yeah. Uh, 40% ownership of Epic Games, who do, you know, Fortnite and the Unreal Engine. Uh, 22% of Don't Nod. Um, and there's more, but, you know, and the percentage of it goes down from there. But this is a just Goliath that owns a lot of studios and owns a little bit of a lot of stake and stock in other game studios. And I don't like that. I know some people are very uh, tinfoil hat conspiracy of like, ah, it's a Chinese company, uh, Chinese company buying out Riot Games to, you know, mine our data and sell it and utilize and all this stuff. Like, cause I remember the buyout of Riot. People were very paranoid about what was happening with that. And, yeah. Um, I'm not going to, uh, encourage those conspiracy theories, but also there is, uh, out front and obvious genocide of, uh, Muslim people in China right now. So I'm not going to say Jesus. Th- yeah. That it like, it's real fucking bad. And it's a, I'm not going to say miraculous because that's a bad word for it, but it's astonishing that no one seems Aston- to really intervene yeah. because they're f- afraid of the, you know, pissing off China, which is a financial giant in every comp, every country in the world. So, um, yeah, it's concerning that this just conglomerate owns so many game studios or has their, you know, fingers in the pie of every game studio, it seems like. And it's, you know, like I said, hey, good for Clay Entertainment. They're a small indie company. Hopefully this helps them out and like, keeps them stabilized, especially during pandemic and all that stuff. But like, right. ooh, I'm not thrilled. Still shady. Not even shady, but just like, uh, yeah, I hope this works out, like you said. <laughs> At least EA has the... At least EA is so bad they kill the studios they buy, so they don't just own every studio. <laughs> the the fact that this one conglomerate seems to own a bunch of like successful studios and it's like, uh, mm, mm. just from the monopoly standpoint, I don't like that. I don't like how much they own and how much they're involved with so much. Like that's just concerning for me. So, yeah, that makes mm, sense. Upsetting, but hey, I mean, like I said, Clay, they're a tiny indie studio. Then, as far as I know, they have never missed their mark they've they've hit it right every time so you know hopefully maybe with that they'll get more funding and they'll be able to do more stuff and be more experimental or something so hell yeah we'll see uh on a bright note i see that new star wars knights of the old republic game reportedly being made without bioware uh so the previous game was developed by obsidian entertainment and bioware created the original before it was acquired by ea but uh yeah, I mean, isn't KOTOR like a classic? I I was always the Morrowind guy, so I never really got into KOTOR. <laughs> I got into Morrowind because my friends talked about it, and I was like, they're like, oh, you can be a werewolf. I'm like, fuck it, I'm in. I got like, <laughs> I got maybe like 10 hours in Morrowind. I'm like, I'm done. This The combat is too It's bad. horrible. No, it's that's what I mean. Bad. Even as someone that loves it to death, it's a hard to, it's a hard sell. Yeah. Um, but no, KOTOR, I, I played a bit of the first one at like friend's house. I never actually finished the first KOTOR, but second KOTOR. Yeah, definitely classic. One of like the best, but you know, Bioware in its prime. Even <laughs> well, the thing with Bioware is Kotor and Mass Effect One are pretty similar. Where it's like the story and character writing is fantastic. The combat's kind of garbage. <laughs> well, yeah. It's like Morrowind. Um, so it's 
and I was talking to a friend about it. I'm like, oh, you should get into the Mass Effect trilogy that they're going to re-release. And I was like, you know what? No. Cause, like, I think the Mass Effect trilogy being re-released, I think that's for nostalgia because the combat's so bad. Like, if, unless they rework... Mass Effect 2 and 3 get better. But unless they rework all of 1 entirely from the ground up, that combat's pretty brutal to just get through. Not hard. It's just not fun. Um, right. KOTOR is similar. KOTOR is a little different. It's like more of active turn-based, kind of like a later Final Fantasy games, where you can input the commands of what you want your character to do, and then when their turn comes up, they'll do that, or they'll go on autopilot if you're not controlling all the NPCs in your party individually. Um, So you can mess around with it a bit more, but it is kind of stilted, and I know some people were really turned off by it early on. Um, But yeah, KOTOR's fantastic. uh, Nice of the Old Republic, um, the online game, the MMO. Apparently that was fantastic. That was a fully voiced MMO, which is like unheard of. Oh wow! Uh, and I remember it got a ton of support. I think it did eventually shut down, but I remember it was pretty big at four uh, when it was running. But yeah, like I've said it before, my least favorite part of Star Wars is the movies, the expanding universe, and the old Republic stuff like this. Like, mu- like far superior storytelling and characters and stuff. It's much more interesting. This is where you get like all the Mandalorian lore too, like you know, the first Mandalore who started the group and stuff, and like the Dark Saber. Uh, that's all like old Republic shit, so it's cool as hell. And n- more Kotor, hell yeah, being not made by Bioware, kind of has you concerned. Has yeah. me concerned, but then again, being made by Bioware currently has me concerned. Sure, because Bioware at this point is no longer Bioware. We saw that with Andromeda, where it's pretty much. Everyone involved with the old Bioware days, like the of your the classic Bioware, that's pretty much gone. Like right, so maybe that's why this is, they made this move. They're like, we're gonna just do do it justice. Different. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully. I mean, like I said, either way, I'm concerned. So it's kind of like, eh, I don't know what's yeah, the one better to keep solution. our eye on for sure. Because it, it, like yeah. in theory, I think people will be happy. But we'll uh, see. let's see some gameplay. <laughs> yeah. Oh, another one, though, that really hypes me up is that Diablo 2 remake is in development at Blizzard. Uh, so I'm like, fuck. I, I know <laughs> for the longest time, even back when we had John Gabris on the podcast, which at this point, God, probably like five years ago or something. No. Uh, I don't know. For like six years. Yeah, maybe even more. <laughs> uh, I don't know when we had him on. But regardless, I, I was talking to him about Diablo 3 and I was talking shit. And that now in recent years, I've been replaying it, being like, oh, Diablo 3 is not that bad. But at the end of the day, I just wish it was Diablo 2. Mm-hmm. Now I get Diablo 2, but it's in modern graphics. I can't wait. And similar things. I mean, I've been watching a streamer uh, play Final Fantasy IX because. God knows we love that game enough. God. Oh my God. I'll play it again. <laughs> I'm contemplating getting a half sleeve tattoo of uh, Final Fantasy IX characters. When, Do it. Oh my God. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I always want a tattoo, but I don't know anything I love long enough. And like the further, like the more, the older I get, the more I reflect finally on Final Fantasy IX and love it. And I was like, fine, I'll get that tattoo on my body. I love those characters enough. Um, but similar with Diablo 2 and KOTOR, it's a very, very beloved specifically that game is very beloved for a lot of people and um oh the reason i brought up 5000 is because the streamer i'm watching is playing with a mod that makes the graphics look better it's not a remastering but like it updates them so they're not as crunchy because like you you play metal gear solid one that's hard to look at physically (laughs) so like anything that like any mods that like tweak it and not even like remastered fully but like just make it easier is like better textures yeah easier uh text like the font on the text is bigger and actually readable now um so yeah same with diablo 2 and kotor they're very beloved which means if it's a full rework and it's like a different game it's like 
we were kind of worried about the Final Fantasy VII remake. It turned out that was good, but like it had a lot of pro- a lot of problems. And then a lot of people hated the new stuff they added to Final Fantasy VII remake. So like if it's a full rework and they're changing stuff, you're gonna piss off some of the older fans. Oh yeah, if it's just an upgraded graphics. That's the safer bet. But then some people yeah. are gonna complain. They're gonna complain. Like, it's exactly. the same game. So like it's it's. I feel like there's more of a lo- like a chance of losing big somewhere with like these particularly old beloved games instead of trying to just do either full remasterings or something different like oh that makes perfect sense and i really hope for this diablo 2 remake it's more or less like a demon souls on ps5 where they're just like yeah we're not gonna change shit yeah <laughs> like, it it's just good. gonna be the same game but like better and i'm like give me that that's what i'm signing up for yeah but yeah like there, there's always gonna be someone complaining they'll become like oh the pixels were so good and this and that and i was like no, well, the, then to play that, that's why that game exists. Yeah, you can still go back and play that. <laughs> but then also, in my mind, like those were limitations of the technology at the time. It wasn't a choice. They were working with what they in the confines that they had. Right. Like, if they could do fully rendered, like, hyper-realistic 3D graphics at the time, yeah, they probably would have. But, like, but now people look back fondly of, like, ah, Pixar is so exquisite and 3D modeling. So, like, I've actually heard people say these opinions online. Um, but, like, so it's, you're always going to have someone complaining but, oh yeah, uh, yeah. It's going to be interesting. I mean, it would also be interesting, like seeing 3D rendered like Homer Simpson. Like it's like, oh, this is unnatural and weird. So like, if, if it is a full rendered or full remastering of Diablo two, like maybe it'll be like, ooh, this doesn't sit right. Or right, some of the Zelda games are like, oh, I thought that when it was a pixel sprite, I thought it looked like this, but it turns out those are his eyes and that's his mouth. That's the weird. Material has a huge ass. Yeah. Damn. <laughs> so you never know. It'll. It'll be interesting, but yeah, the, the those beloved games that have like a very dedicated fan base or you know uh, nostalgia to them. It's deep nostalgia. Yes, it's it's just a more volatile one to remaster or, or work with. So yeah, well, that's what I mean. I trust Blizzard with this. They, I think mm. they want to do it right. I don't know. We'll see if it, uh. if it works out. But if they are going to these lengths of uh, remaking Diablo two, please, for the love of God, include the Lord of Destruction expansion because, like, I love playing as a druid. I'm assuming that'll come like with time, but like they'll probably just focus on the base game. But uh, yeah. that's something that I'm very hopeful for because I would love to play as a druid. Yeah. But, um, yeah, what else is going on in the news before we wrap this one up? Uh, real quick, they're super uh, newsworthy, but uh, Cyberpunk 2077's got uh, mods out now. You can, you know, implement your own mods and tweak the game a bit now uh, as of the last few days, uh, which is great because the game's flaming hot dumpster fire of garbage. So, like, any improvements anyone can make to it is great. Um, they've had hot fix it, hot patches come out to fix some of the broken bugs they've had at launch. They've had other fixes come out to fix some of the, fi- the bugs from the last update that broke more stuff. So it's just, it's, you know, you've seen the stories, you know what's happening with that. Yeah. Um, with the mods, of course, like everyone does, uh, there's some sexy mods. There's some nudie mods. There's some mods of, uh, NPCs that you can have sex with in the game that you couldn't normally have sex with. So, uh, yeah, people are doing that. But CD Projekt Red, the developers had to come out and say, hey, stop fucking Keanu Reeves. So Yeah, they, well, that seems like an obvious choice for the people <laughs> that are it. doing these mods. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, see, they have like, I guess, sex workers in the game and they pretty much just reskin them to just be whatever other NPC or character in the game. And yeah, Johnny Silverhand. He's a very famous character. In oh my game. god, I almost called him Johnny Tsunami. God, <laughs> <I'm sorry. laughs> That's Mark. <laughs> yeah that's right um but yeah he's a very 
famous character from the Cyberpunk 20, what, 2029 or whatever, the tabletop game. And yeah, he's brought into this one. And Keanu Reeves was the big selling point. That's what everyone knows about it, is at least Keanu Reeves. And I don't know if Keanu Reeves has reached out. I don't know if his agency has reached out on his behalf or what. Or if this is just CD Projekt Red trying to cover their ass. But they're just like, hey, you can bang the NPCs. But if any of them have their likeness drawn from a real person... That's, that's hot pro- water. That's yeah, a that puts weird us line. in hot water. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's what they're trying to do is to nip that in the bud. But by them saying this to the internet, I don't think it's going to stop. And I also no, think no. It, it's honestly probably just going to have it. reverse effect. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this, this this raging forest fire will just continue to burn. Well, because, yeah, the one person that made the mod, they've since had to take it down. But it's like, it's a mod. Other people can yeah. just learn how to do it. Once and it do was it downloaded, way. it's they have it, Or right? that, yeah. They can just, anyone who's downloaded can just like... Uh, backtrack it and like make it again themselves and then upload it themselves but from what i read uh and the sex scene with him is from johnny silverhand's perspective so you're not like seeing keanu reeves like face while you're having sex with him so oh, like well, then it's even more of a gray area there you go it, it's less of like we're getting these you know scandalous images with keanu reeves face it's like well they're clearly in the game and the, no like apparently it's from his perspective like first person perspective it's like you don't even see anything but it's people saying like ah look this is johnny silverhand's dick which means it's keanu reeves dick but you know same thing with norman reedus and uh death stranding right so stuff like that i just it's just a really fun head, funny headline of like stop having sex with keanu reeves please <laughs> yeah, well, they, they're the ones enabling the sex and giving you the dicks. At least in Death Stranding, the dicks were invisible. Because right. I remember someone tried to uh, take a look at it uh, yeah. when they were taking a leak, and uh, it was not there. I, I can't say it's CD Projekt Red's fault for having that as an option, but they had to have known this was likely to happen when they introduced mods. Oh, sure. Because if you don't have the mods, then you'd be like, ah, people are breaking the game to do this. They shouldn't be doing that in the first place. But when you allow God. the mods, it's like, what'd you expect? Soon people are going to be fucking Thomas the Tank Engine, but that we don't need. I got a Skyrim bot for that. Got a Skyrim bot for that. Last thing I want to mention, though, and obviously because I'm on a Harry Potter kick recently. Last year was all DBZ. This is Harry Potter year. (laughs) Oh no, nostalgia. uh, Apparently, uh, and this isn't actually anything I want, uh, but Harry Potter live action TV series in the works at HBO Max, and I'm thinking to myself. (laughs) Wait, what? I, like, like you <laughs> what? said on many occasions, you're like the 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 hype of the, the Harry Potter days is long over, yeah. and I feel like with J.K. Rowling being as problematic as she is, most yeah. people have put Harry Potter in the past and are trying to leave Move it there. On. But and as me being like very much revived into the the franchise and uh, rereading the books and everything, I, I I know a lot of people hold this franchise near and dear to their heart, and I think the person that handled it the best was daniel radcliffe when he uh, uh addressed jk rowling's stance he said something to the effect of like if this book series has taught you love or anything of to that effect like that is sacred between you and the book so yeah. like that can't be taken away from you yeah. and i agree with that but it just it just sucks that she has to be the way she is and uh kind of push people away from such a beloved franchise but again uh uh tv series isn't necessary we have the books we have the movies we have uh <laughs> additional books like and games like it seems to me like what is this series gonna be about like in all reality i don't want it to be about 
Harry Potter or like maybe it'll be in that universe but like di- didn't we already try that out with the Fantastic Beast movies and wasn't that a total flop like as even though I'm a big Harry Potter head I never read the Fantastic Beast books I never saw the movies but if I'm not mistaken I think it was supposed to be a trilogy they only released two and the third one's never coming or something so I think that was like a giant flop so at least with the Fantastic Beast I saw the first one and like yeah it wasn't bad everyone in it was good it's just like all right like it's just you know more of right. these stuff. And it's like, but it's it wasn't like super compelling. Yeah, um, like what characters are gonna you're gonna walk away from that and be like, man, I need more of. Yeah, like they're all entertaining and fine, but I'm not like, ooh, I wonder what happens to that character next. Like I don't remember any other names. Right. Um, and then it ends with a bad like a bad evil wizard from back in the day being revealed. And it's like ah, it's Johnny Depp. And then. Uh, I, I keep wanting to say Gilgamesh. That's not right, but it's something. No, yeah, I, it's very goofy name. Yeah, I'm and with you. He got then. There's a sequel movie about him and like the crimes of that character, and then drama happened with Johnny Depp in his personal life, so he got taken out of the character. And Matt Mickelson's going to replace him. Hey, great choice. Love Matt Mickelson and literally everything he does. He's fantastic. Uh, and then the, he's going to be in the third one. But yeah, I don't know if the third one's coming. I don't know. Like, I didn't see oh, the second never mind. one. So. There is going to be a third one in the year 2022. So that's still going, that's believe still it or going. not. And yeah, the crimes of Grindelwald. Ooh, Grindelwald. that sounds sounds like Grundle. Like, oh yeah. God. <laughs> <laughs> Who's from Gilgamesh. Or no, he's from Beowulf. Um, there we go. But yeah, so it's like, it's it's milking that cow dry. It's beating that dead horse. Uh, because if anything, this just sounds like a, a move from HBO Max. Uh who's owned by Turner, who owns Warner Brothers, who I believe have the rights to Harry Potter, at least the movies of it and stuff. So it's probably just they, they're the licensing... Uh, parent company has the licensing rights to Harry Potter stuff. And honestly, it's probably like, hey, what are we doing with this uh, intellectual property? Like this massive franchise that has a dedicated following. Can we get any more money out of that? Right. Fuck it, let's make a, mo- uh, let's make a TV show. And there's no real reason for it besides just money yeah that sucks and if that's the it seems like that's the case because even in the article i was reading about it they're like it's in the very very early stages and they don't even have writers for it so it's like they don't know what it's going to be about and i'm thinking to myself the only thing and i think i was listening to oh gosh it might have been kind of funny podcast uh and they were speculating like what could this tv series be about the only like possible one that I thought was maybe even remotely interesting is like, yeah, Harry Potter as like an horror after the school years and stuff. But like, again, it's more Harry Potter. Like, yeah. if you could get Daniel Radcliffe and stuff to return for like that role, I incredible. But I, yeah, that's what I mean. I feel like you'd have to start fresh with new characters and it's just going to be a hard sell all around. I don't really like it. Yeah. <laughs> like, even as much as I'm like a gun ho for all the <laughs> Harry Potter way craze. Back I'm, like, into it. Telling our listeners, get into this card game that's super <laughs> dead. Old ass card game. Yeah, that's what I mean. Uh, Harry Potter live action TV series isn't for me. Yeah, and here's the thing. Um, it's the same opinion I have with Star Wars. I don't give a shit about the Skywalkers. I don't care about that right. fucking bloodline of people. That's why all the movies are bad, in my opinion. Because all the other stuff's way more interesting than all their nonsense combined. Because Anakin couldn't keep it in his fucking pants as a teenager. Um, same with Harry Potter. I, I'm not as up, I'm not as passionate about uh, the Potter. Uh, sure. line in one way or the other but i think that story's done we know yes, everybody is a privileged kid <laughs> goes to a high-end school becomes a cop we don't really want to see that uh this day and age right now especially what's been going on lately that's um, true but back in the day ign released a fake trailer for a show called the horrors which oh, would have been right and it was a great trailer and people got that super was. excited and it turns out it was an april fool's thing it's like 
shit, that would be so cool. cruel, dude. That was insane. But that cruel. was it, yeah, that was the peak of Harry Potter craze, like before the Deathly Hollows and like the, I think the last like three movies came out. It was like yes. the middle of it, so it was like that would have been the prime time to do that. Yeah, time now. And I think yeah. there's still plenty of stuff to do in that Harry Potter world. There's like the North American schools. Who knows what other schools there are? There's other characters. Oh, yeah. against, there's plenty of stuff. But it's just like, who is this for? What is the idea behind this? Like, or is this just to keep this franchise alive so you can keep the rights, like they did with the Spider-Man movies with Sony, where they yep. made the Amazing Spider-Man movies? Which I didn't see them, but I, everyone that did that I know said they were fine. They weren't great though, and like they're kind of cheesy and smalty, but like not great. So, those movies were made just so Sony can keep the intellectual property rights to Spider-Man as a movie. I think this yes. is the same move with Harry Potter. They're just trying to oh, keep that sure. alive, whether it's going to be a movie or a TV show. I think that's my idea. Well, so. that's because nerd culture has been become so Very prominent profitable. in the past, like, yeah, decade or more, to the point where it's like, when you think of nerd culture, it's synonymous with Star Wars, Lord of the Rings, Harry Potter. Like, those Marvel are the movies. three franchises. Yeah. yeah, all of those things like that just come to mind instantly. They're like... Man, it's been a few years since we made a buck off of that. Mm-hmm. And I think with <laughs> so the, I think that's the angle. I think with the Marvel Cinematic Universe uh, franchise, massive franchise, are seeing like, ah, we can just keep expanding the shit, and they'll keep go to it, and we can connect it all, and like just keeps like perpetually keep the money machine going instead of just doing one story. So I yeah. think a lot of people are trying to like it. Just feels like a money grab. Like I wouldn't be a, I wouldn't be super upset about it. J.K. Rowling can eat a fat dick. Because yeah. she said some horrible shit and just continues to double down on it and just make it worse. Um, but, like, even if she has no tie to it, even if she doesn't profit off it in any way, even through royalties or any of that nonsense, like, yeah, what are you what are you going for with this? Yeah, Why? I don't see this being successful either way, even with such a great uh, IP tied to it. <laughs> and same with some of the other stuff, like the like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and, like, big properties that turn into TV shows. They'll put a lot of money on the CGI and special effects budget in like the first few episodes or maybe the first season. It's going to drop off pretty quickly though. Like yeah. Walking Dead, season one, they did pretty good. They had six episodes. They had a high budget because it was only six. Season two, AMC took away half their budget just to see if it could be as successful as it was with half the cost. Unfortunately, it turns out it was. So then they just kept that like low budget and just kept screwing them over. And that's why season two, I think, or three had the barn and everyone hated it because they couldn't show a lot of zombies because they lost so much of their budget. So, like, stuff that's very dependent on special effects like this, it's going to be tough, especially when it comes yeah. to the money. So, we'll see. Yeah, and lots of magical spells and shit. Yeah. Good luck. All the and creatures, creatures, dragons. Oh, yeah. boy. It's going to be yeah, rough. Love Harry Potter. Not not sure how I feel about the TV series. We'll see if we we'll get see. any more information. But uh, yeah. I think that's oh. going to do it for this episode. Oh, you got something else? One last thing, just uh, right on the coattails of like uh, TV shows, um, sure, and big properties. The Sandman series is supposed to be being supposedly being made by Netflix right now. Sandman, as in like the guy that puts the dust on your eyelids? No. Okay. What? <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that a thing? When you fall asleep I mean, and you is. wake up with like the crusty eyes, <laughs> but it's just like. <laughs> I don't know why. I mean, I guess that is, if you don't know the comic, that is where your mind goes the first time. But it's just like, I haven't heard anyone talk about that Sandman in so long. Yeah, no, I'm sorry. Sandman (laughs) is a comic series or a comic compendium at this point by Neil Gaiman. And it's probably one of Neil Gaiman's, one of his more famous works. Ah, okay. It's about Morpheus, the sleep god. So, yes, in a sense. Damn, I was right. Okay. Well, well, that's where Sandman comes from. It's, It's the god of sleep, the Greek god of sleep, Morpheus. Um, 
and it's this just massive stories, and a lot of them have just been compiled together. And uh, some of the comics uh, are different styles depending on what realm he's in. He goes to hell. He goes to like uh, Asgard with the like uh, Norse gods and stuff. And it's it's a fantastic series. Highly recommend reading it. Anyone who wants it. And it's technically set in the DC universe, so he meets some DC characters. Um, and it's ve- it's very very good. They've been trying, like the Watchmen, they've been trying to do it for years as some sort of movie or series or something, and just not living up to it. Like, it just, it's so good in the comic forum. It's so meant for that medium that it's kind of hard to translate it into anything else. Yeah. Whether that was done with Sam or with uh, Watchmen is debatable. I like the movie. I didn't see the show. It's apparently it's very good, but yeah, I, I tend to watch it someday. Um, but I do know a lot of people that really hated the movies because it didn't transfer everything from the graphic novel and i feel like if anything sandman's even more intimidating to do that because sandman is so uh, so uh conceptual in so many regards because there's a lot of gods and it's a lot of like sentient concepts like a, a, a thing that represents the concept of madness but isn't actually human and it's uh so sandman is part of he's uh dream and he's part of the seven who are like the seven d's who are like death Dream, delirium, desire, uh, all these other things. So there's a lot of conceptual shit with gods. Uh, so it's going to be a big challenge to live up to. That being said, they recently announced they cast Gwendolyn uh, Christie uh, as Lucifer in Sandman. And if you recognize that name, she's Brienne of Tarth from Game of Thrones. And Captain okay. Phasma from the most recent uh, Star Wars movies where she was grossly underutilized, like Boba Fett. Yeah. Um, Bring it up because we were talking about the fran- Harry Potter and franchises and all that stuff being translated to shows. Her as Lucifer, I think, is phenomenal casting. Like I would never have like, thought of that, and I think she would be a fantastic Lucifer. Awesome. Uh, in the context of uh, Sandman, he goes around trying to collect his stuff, like his old artifacts. And he's like, "Ah, Lucifer got a hold of my you know sleep mask that I used to like travel the dreamscape. I need to get that back." And when he meets Lucifer, you're like, ah, the Lord of Hell, like Satan himself. It's going to be a big old like fight or something. And it's basically Lucifer going like, nah, man, I'm retired. I'm on a beach now. Here, you want your shit? Take it. Get out of here. And then that branches off into Lucifer comics in the DC universe. He has his own series of comics, but it starts from that. And I think it's a phenomenal casting. Like, I think she's, I think she's a beautiful lady, but she also can do ambiguous very well. And I think that's going to very le- uh, lend itself very well to a de- like a fallen angel who becomes the devil, and like I think I just think it's a really great casting. And nice. So far, that's the only thing I'm looking forward to with the Sandman series because I I don't think it's going to be done well. I don't think it's going to be possible to translate it uh, properly. I'm just hoping there's a scene where Satan himself is on a beach somewhere and he's falling asleep, and then he wakes up with crusty eyes. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I had a weird dream. Yeah, and it spun me off into my own universe. All right, in the DC universe. <laughs> yeah. uh, but no, uh, Brent, let's wrap this episode up and do some plugs. Uh, yep. Where can our listeners find you on the internet and your other podcast? I got Twitter. It's very unactive. Don't bother following it. Uh, but then the other podcast is called Are We There Yet? And we watch three episodes or a movie of an anime, give a pre- brief recap of it. Uh, it's a very good way to uh, get a sampling of an anime if you want to hear what it's about before committing to watching it or if you want to recommend us a show we'll watch it and we'll probably shit on it and say that you have bad taste for liking it but then you know try to apologize for doing so but like yeah, yeah. 
be careful about recommending stuff because sometimes <laughs> it's bad. It doesn't hold up. <laughs> that makes sense. And listener, uh, my other podcast is TBD. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but no, maybe that'll happen. Uh, but for now, if you like our show, give us a like, follow, subscribe. We're findable at all the places at ABT Silence. Uh, I also have a record label. It's MissedOutRecords.com if you want to see what tapes and uh, vinyl are available for sale over there. Uh, and our music, uh, intro and outro music is done by a band called Kinda Alright. Give them a f- like and follow. Uh, they're an amazing band. Uh, they're on Bandcamp, kindaallright.bandcamp.com for more of their music. But that's gonna do it for this week. We'll be back next week. See you guys. See you.